Hi, hello everybody. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back to Sexploit Papushka, and this is part B of the politics of sex. As I was discussing these issues with um, Kenny, now on part A of the podcast, we talked about you know entitlement, um, the societal expectations of sex, and politics into sex. And we, Kenny and myself, just like paused when you're talking about the impact of politics and sex and how sex influences politics and the conversation was revolving around how we use sex as a tool to get to politicians and then so kenny um welcome back to the part b of the politics of sex and then you can just start off by your reaction towards the the political idea around how sex is being used as a weapon take it away we were we were talking about um we're talking about politicians who are caught in sex scandals and basically kind of like what I was, um, I, I can just start now. Yeah, sure. Well, at the end of the day, you know, like uh, sexual scandals are kind of like a very hot topic because people, I mean, human beings are, are very kind of like closely guarded sometimes about their own private lives and like private information about themselves. But then they have no qualms whatsoever when it comes to like you know like listening like in the lives of others or like you know checking to see oh this celebrity or this politician was caught in a sex scandal and um there are two aspects like that i would like to talk about when it comes to like all these recent news about kind of like politicians being caught in scandals and so on and so forth if you if you notice carefully sometimes like men rarely face the backlash that we so for example like in many instances when a politician especially in kenya is caught yo you know this person and appenda was china that's what we say um you know kind of like caught like you know having like a sexual relationship with someone half their age or something you know like he's seen that's kind of like something that can even improve your image in certain circles so like you're getting the very good like uh, you're getting a lot of positive I mean, you're getting a lot of media attention, but you're also kind of like the way people are perceiving you looks like, you know, because in this, we still live in a society where men are kind of like expected to engage in this kind of extramarital liaisons and so on and so forth. But then when it comes to women, like the, the it's the flip side, you know, kind of like uh, usually like when the images are leaked, it's kind of like in... Uh, People are very upset, like the images are hyper shared, you know, like the kind of like society we live in now, where like, you know, once it's put on the internet, it's never leaving the internet, it's going to be there forever. And so like what you're seeing is like that women, women politicians or celebrities who are caught in this kind of sex scandals in Kenya, like the opposite happens, that it is a very shameful experience for them. They are shamed, they are ridiculed, they are made fun of. Um, but so it's kind of like two sides to it. But then like the thing that drives it the most is because at the end of the day, like, you know, as I said before, like sex sells and you find that a lot of like people, uh, they want to know, you know, like it's it's very titillating. That's the word, like when you when you're kind of like trying to figure out like what's going on in this person's private life. There's something that I would talk about this, and I wonder, I mean, all these MPs were caught in these scandals. Um, I would say that, like, we should probably try and have, like, a law in this country that actually prohibits the distribution of sexually intimate material. 
I think that that would kind of like really, really like also address like the increasing likelihood of people using that even against their own uh, people that they've been in relationships with. Because at the end of the day, when it's a man who's kind of like in that, um, who's kind of has been exposed, I mean, it can be pretty bad still, especially like, you know, if you're having, you know, like sex with another man, for example, but like, for the most part like you'll be seen in a certain way and usually like because yeah i i don't want to even go into that topic of how people who like the the way men are seen and the way women are seen even when they're the subject of revenge porn is like those are two very different things but for women it is usually for the purposes of like humiliating this woman and like showing her that you know like she she's not living up to these strict sexual uh, moral codes that we have as a society and that's totally unfair true um but then again we, we can't take from the fact that especially for i think what you're talking about the the how we treat men and women is because you have different perception on women and sex and men and sex but yeah. sometimes even the men the older ones especially especially if you have this stature that you've created a successful ceo a very big politician a governor for instance or a presidential aspirant the latest candidate is a presidential aspirant who resigned from his job to participate in next year's elections and this has just happened unfortunately and it all comes back to religion yes what's their name i'm forgetting their name i'll remember i hope i do sorry not but i'll remember it by the end of the podcast i'll I'll, I'll just yeah some of you are listening can help i've forgotten his name but he's, he's like 53 or something and he had this uh, campus girl who recorded him sleeping naked uh, erect for that matter and blackmailed him he sent her 300,000 and then she was like no i want a million and he said i'm not sending any more money and voila you also talked about uh, i think there's a cybercrime law that deals with it though it, it's, it's still under contention of whether it should be removed or not but currently the the systems are using a cybercrime law that prevents um transfer whatever I, that's a legal thing i think you'll do research about that later but there's no like a significant law about sharing sexual material and all that now yeah shifting gears to sex and pop culture how has pop culture influenced as an African society and an East African or Kenyan society for that matter, how we perceive or practice sex? And when well, you talk about pop culture, I'm looking at music, movies, you know, all these aspects of pop fashion. Oh, I, I wonder what the, um, there was this song that like for me, uh, I think it's by Boys to Men like it mm-hmm. was it's or something i feel like that was like the, I, I there was just something very sexual about that song when it came out and i really really enjoyed it and like i was just like oh wow like this is like i've never felt like this before um but that's just my personal story. like i mean because sex is a very significant part of people's lives like the, even when it's very repressed people still find ways of kind of like expressing certain kind of like you know sexual attitudes through culture so like uh this is all cultural work including art literature music and you know like in kenya like uh that because we are in a very conservative society still what you kind of like end up seeing is that you know there's always this back and forth between being more open and more sexually experimental and also kind of like uh being a very closed society sexually so i mean when you think about like the kind of like songs that come from like 
you know, Kenyan hip hop culture or even Kenyan pop music. Sometimes they're very sexual. And I think personally for me, if I remember like 10 years ago, it's only now that the songs have gone back to being like, a, in my opinion, to kind of like having that kind of like, you know, sexualization that we saw, like, you know, like in the days of Nonini or like the Manyake song when it came out. Mm -hmm. And now like we're kind of like coming back to that with some of the music that's coming. And that's just because like in society, there are always these cycles that happen towards being more sexually open and being more sexually repressed. But at the end of the day, you also have to kind of like critically look at like the products themselves. Like even these songs that we say that they are very sexually open, you'll find that mm -hmm. like are also being objectified. They are being mm -hmm. seen as sexual objects or extensions of like men's sexual desire. And that's just because we live at the end of the day in a sexist and patriarchal society where that's how, if that's how women are seen in the society in general, that's how it's going to be mirrored in the cultural products that are kind of like being put out there. And so like, I really like, you know, this would be like a whole other podcast of just going back. Like even when you think about Matatu culture, uh, Matatu mm -hmm. culture is also kind of like the way the men are kind of like viewed or, I mean, this was especially back in the day, not now. I feel like no one now is kind of like growing up thinking that they want to be like a matatu conductor or something. That's not a job that people want. But there was mm -hmm. a time that that was a vision of a, a very macho kind of guy and a very mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, he breaks the law. He's always a man. He's in a matatu and, a, and mm -hmm. like, yeah, like evading traffic and all of that, you know, seducing women and so on and so forth. And even when Let you think about you like, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and take you back to um, the, the pop culture that I talk about music, for instance. I talked about yeah. objectification. I am yeah. a huge um, Gengeton fan, huge one. For those who know me, know that. However, I'm having a lot of trouble with, as you talked about, the objectification of women. We have reduced the Kenyan music culture, especially the Mbogi Zoom and the Mbogi Gengeton culture, trap culture, to talk about women, sex, twerking alcohol and all this we can have very good gengeton music from kenya without ideally having a woman twerk in a short dress we have reduced even the video the videos that are being produced from kenya to, to, to revolve around you know women twerking and women being objectified and all this which ideally is the base of their content but my problem with this is that it it, it creates this objectification and reduces a woman to how pretty they are. And this brings us back to another topic, pretty privilege and beauty privilege, when it comes to pop culture and the media, which, which, which we're not here for today. However, I'm looking at um, a system of pop culture where can we be entertained without sexualizing the woman? Because ironically, we have a problem. We don't have a problem with the woman being sexualized, but you have a problem with the man being sexualized. Let me give an example. Saudi Soul released Nishike Samia's back. It was banned. It was a huge story, Nishik and all that. But then they had mm -hmm. Melanie. And they have other songs that are equally as sexual in terms of the, the video concept and all that. Also, disclaimer, I'm a huge Saudi Soul fan. So yeah, I'm speaking from a fan perspective. I'm criticizing from a fan perspective. But as a patriarchal society, we, have a problem. we don't have a problem when you sexualize women. But when a man is sexualized, that, that, that's when we start speaking. Oh, he wore a tight pant. Oh, his dick print was being seen. Oh, why is, he, why, why, why is his chest out and all that? It's high time we looked at changing some of our concepts and ideologies around pop culture and sex and sexuality. 
Yeah, definitely. And when you think even about that, like uh, at the end of the day, like uh, it's also goes back to the to the kind of like sexual or like you know kind of like values that we have or ideas that we have about like sexual conduct or sexual activity because like what you're kind of like seeing is that you know kind of like men are still viewed as the pursuers and you know like um or you know like and the and the women are just kind of like there to look pretty and so on and so forth and also kind of like it's also a, a, a refusal you know like if think about it like this if like you you have like a, a conventionally attractive woman uh you know because our beauty standards are also pretty messed up and then like True. you know she's twerking on the song or something she's there to kind of like pull the men in so like if you have kind of like an attractive man like or you know by our society standards and like you you know mm -hmm. like dressed in a very skimpy way like also like you know then are you you're also trying to communicate that this person is trying to also kind of like attract women and it is like let me tell you papa like a lot of like our sexual morals they are kind of like they're designed specifically to deny women sexual agency at the end of the day you just like people do not like to think of women as people who like having sex enjoy having sex can be out in the public like trying to look for liaisons um that women are people who can have hookups random hookups and then like they never see that man again or these are women who can go and get an abortion if they get accidentally pregnant or something or take themselves to hospital if they get if they become unwell so like you see there's also that's why the backlash is so bad it's like why is this our our societal like our values also is that men are not supposed to be putting themselves out there and like drawing um attraction even in public um so like you know men are expected to dress in a certain way very conservatively you can be stylish but you have to be understated um think about the idea of a man wearing a crop top why there's you know these days we have very masculine crop tops right but like you you will see that it's still a big controversy for a man to be dressed in a in a crop top and just be out and about you know kind of like or wearing very short shorts um and then also there are all these homophobic attitudes and beliefs as to how men should dress so for example mm -hmm. like gay men because they are trying to attract other men it's part of life you know like you dress you dress because you you dress in a certain way to send us a, a certain message about yourself so like you'll find that oh you know if a man even if he's straight and he's wearing very short shorts it's a big mm -hmm. controversy right because it's like oh what is this person trying to do what message are they trying to pass across and you know you have to kind of like there are so many ideas that's the thing about like sex and politics like there are so many ideas like on this other side there's abc of sex and then on this other side there's abc of politics and you have to be very very like you have to work very hard to draw those correlations yeah and i i don't know if i'm doing that today like when i'm talking about all of these things but i i hope i am okay okay interesting interesting uh now since you're out of the internet did you ever get a chance to hear about wife material by eric omondi oh wow no wow i'm, I'm, wow. I'm pretty bougie <laughs> as well i'm sorry to say it like uh <laughs> i don't like really keep up it's i i try to keep up with like the base level but oh but i'd like to hear about it i'm like uh okay you've heard of the bachelor or the bachelorette the, the american yes. series so white yes. material was, was a concept around that 
and ideally these were 12 women from Kenya who were come together and auditioned to be Rikomondi's wife. So across oh, really? the series, they do some challenges, like they cook, they try to, you know, dance, they try to do all these things just to please oh, Eric. No. And at the end of the day, he'll end up with a wife, quote unquote, all of it scripted. Yeah. But the reason why I brought it as a conversation is because it raised a lot of eyebrows and even ended up being cancelled by Deputy Jesus himself, um, the, the communications chairman. I'm forgetting his name as well. Is it oh, Ezekiel Eric, Mutua? Is, is, is the kill really? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's why I brought it. So that, that's why I brought it, because even we, we have a very regulated um, media with the deputy Jesus in action. And I don't know, it's also affecting expression because um, you talked about gender and fashion, how pop culture is breaking fashion barriers. But this also comes with a lot of stereotypes that you've talked about. The stereotype of all men should not wear shorts, all men should not do crop tops, all men should not do pink clothing, men shouldn't plate their hair, men shouldn't pierce, or all, all these shenanigans. So sexual expression is being influenced by pop culture. And, and slowly by slowly, pop culture is influencing even our African traditional views on fashion and gender and sexuality. It's breaking some of these barriers that, oh, when you wear a piercing, you're gay, or oh, when you do a short, you're gay, or oh, when you do these things. I'm appreciating that slowly by slowly, the society is growing in as much as the homophobic stigma or stigma is there in terms of how men should dress. Mm. There's also some freedom and penetration of pop culture into how even heterosexual cisgender men are dressing in, in Kenya. Oh, that's absolutely right. Like, if you go back to that show, uh, the, the concept by Eric Omondi, like, I mean, if you kind of, like, see the things that the women were doing, you'll find that it's kind of, like, the traditional things that, like, women are expected to do in a household, like, cooking or cleaning or, or attending to the man's needs. And that Very also true. kind of, like, influences the way we look at sex, right? Like, uh, it's, you know, like, if a woman, like, uh, sex is an extension of everything a woman is expected to do in the household. So which is like, you know, after cooking and cleaning and like taking care of the kids and the man comes home and then, oh, you know, all of a sudden he becomes now like the focus of the attention and, you know, ensure that he's fed, he's ready to go to bed. If he wants to have sex, he can have sex and so on and so forth. Um, and I would always like contrast it with, there's another show, like it's called Tujuane. I think you know about it, which like it's... Yes people right like going on dates and you will see yeah. like entitlement on both ends as to how they are communicating with each other i like, agree you know, this is, yeah if this is like just a, a man who trying to strive and then they put they put the guy woman who looks like she's doing quite well and you know she comes from a wealthy family she speaks with the accent that I'm speaking with right now. Um, yeah. And so like, it's supposed to be like a, a, a bit of a culture clash, right? Like, um, but then it also shows that, you know, in our society, even on the show, like to Joanne is that a man should be able to go out. You should only go out on a date with someone who's at the same material level as you are. Or so like, you'll find that that's kind of like the dynamic that it's giving. Um, and, and so like, that also plays into like what are the values in the background that oh you know like uh um everyone every you know like the picture of a bad boy you know like a bad boy is is good enough for like a couple of hookups or a cute fling but that's kind of like not the person that you want to end up in a relationship with and that's there for a reason it's kind of like to create this so like this 
conflict in our society that like people are attracted to one thing for the short term but then another thing for the long term and this goes all the way from like why people have affairs or why people are cheating and then they're being caught in these sex scandals i mean one day like we could do like a whole episode about blackmail especially in the queer community it's crazy like because like of that thing where like you're taking advantage of someone's vulnerability because at the end of the day sex is an extremely personal and vulnerable very intimate experience that you're sharing with someone or with other people even a group of people or whatever and people are also kind of like taking advantage of that because they know societally a people are extremely interested in the private lives of other people and b there's still a big social stigma against like certain forms of sexual activity like anything okay i was asking um mm-hmm. we, we are talking about pop culture and also we can't talk about pop culture without talking about porn culture my question therefore is how do you think porn has influenced the porn culture in itself has influenced how we practice sex in Kenya or our sexual innuendos and sexual practices. Oh, wow. This is quite interesting. I, I mean, at, at, at the beginning of it, like, uh, hmm. so like porn is, it's very, it's a, because like porn does not like sometimes, I don't think porn really accurately represents like how sexual activity actually unfolds even like mm-hmm. for the actors themselves, like you'll find that they are kind of like, uh, how would I put it? Like they're engaging, like, you know, sometimes they'll have breaks, they'll have multiple takes, they'll have like a director who's telling them, do this, say this, mm-hmm. act like this, make this sound. Um, and so like, it's not an accurate representation of sex, but then it does mm-hmm. present an idealized form of sexual activity, right? So for a lot of straight men, like when they watch porn, what they are seeing is that they are seeing that this is how the sex looks like, that I can have like sex with someone. It's only like penetrative, like, you know, like the penis is kind of like penetrating the vagina. And then like, you know, there's very little clitoral stimulation and then we are done. And that was for the most part, that's how porn used to be. I think now, like with like the, the, the stuff that's coming out, there's a lot of homemade kind of like pornography out there when you think about only fans just for fans and there are also like a lot of exhibitionist people who are who are showing people that this is how i actually have sex as opposed to this is how like i'm i'm trying to live up to the standard that's kind of like built by the porn industry so there is that and so we have like because of the lack of sexual education uh papa at the, at the end of the day there are a lot of people who are kind of like how they learn about sex is through pornography so there are a lot yeah. of people who are watching pornography and are thinking that this is exactly what sex is like. Yes, but, I, but exactly I want to... What, yeah. So want... it does affect just... the culture. Yeah. It does affect the I... culture, but like, yeah... Yeah, I think it has great influence and I have experiences in aspects of... I, I bought some some shares in some company that used to sell sexual tools like dildos and belts and all these BDSM tools. I was surprised at how well the company is doing in Nairobi, Kenya, for that matter. So it just dawned on me that, yes, we don't have sex education, but there's a lot of aping culture in terms of what people learn from pornography. And I want to appreciate it to the fact that it is breaking the stereotype of what sex is, because ideally sex is clearly from your talk, you, you have not watched porn in a while or not at all. But ideally, there's so much creativity that is breaking the traditional perception of sex, which is penetration. Now there's fetishes involved. There's a lot of 
um, experimentation in terms of styles and in terms of, you know, blues, clit jobs and boob jobs and tie jobs and all this. And I'm sure so many people out there experimenting. And it's also bringing a rise on sex tools sales in Kenya. And you'll be surprised at the number of sex tool shops in, 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 on Instagram or in Nairobi, for instance, which are quite being profitable. It means there's an audience for this and there's a clientele. And where is this clientele getting these ideas from? Of course, pornography and all these other things. So th- I think there's a rise in experimenting new stuff. Unfortunately, so some backfire. We have I've had instances visiting people in hospital where they tried, you know, some new sexual stuff and it backfired on them, like a dildo in the anus or something like that. And it, you know, it electrocuted them or things like that. So oh there's a I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had to stay in hospital for about six months. So there's so much going on out here. Imagine. So it, it all turns down to we lack sex education, which is leading people to get other sources of sex education, which, as you said, is not the ideal of sex because it's, it's entertainment, it's sex entertainment. So people are resorting to ape what they see in movies, what they see in porn, what they see around mm. yeah, as opposed doing research of the impacts and effects of this to that. Like, if you do this, how does it affect that, you know? Well, I will say this, that um, I think that overall, we are kind of like still going through a kind of sexual revolution where like now people are, like, you know, like the sexual revolution, when you think about it when it started like in the US because of the birth control pill and whatever. And now like women are like, I can have sex without fearing getting pregnant that much but like yeah. i guess yeah. like over time like the 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 porn sensitivity i would surmise um it has changed because like like pornography is also kind of like now like uh you find that a lot of sites have like you know this is catered for women like it's heterosexual or it's kind of like someone using toys but it's catered towards you towards women i will say that i do actually like and this is a very tricky subject for me because i do work for like an organization that's very anti-pornography um mm-hmm. but yeah. so like i have to parse my sentences in a kind of way but of course like if like the societal attitudes and values around like you know, what good sex is, is changing, then like you'll also kind of like have that reflected in porn. I will say that like, I wouldn't really say that people are actually like adopting the use of toys or like more sexual experimentation on account of what they see. I think sometimes what happens is that human beings as a society, as a collective, they decide to be like they decide okay now it's time for us to be sexually open and then now like the cultural products start mirroring that because i have seen that trend that you're talking about of people being more willing to be more willing to be more open towards um towards kind of like the use of toys for example or the use of like you know kind of like bdsm to to you know to approach fetishes and so on and so forth it's because i think like the society changes and then after the society changes like uh or becomes more willing and accepting of this then what happens is also now like the culture starts reflecting that think about this i think like you noticed in the past 10 years that there's more lgbt rights themed shows right like if mm-hmm. now they'll try to put like a gay character or a trans character or a bisexual character or a lesbian character like in a show especially like from the us and europe and it's because now like people are more willing to accept um that you know like 
they do actually have LGBTQ people who are open in their lives. And so like, so you see like, that's the culture kind of like up, you know, like mirroring what to level. Yes, I'd like to pose you there. When you talked about representation, I'm having a problem with representation um, because I feel representation maximizes stereotypes. And this is, these are my thoughts. Let's, let's start with the LGBTQ representation. You find in most cases, and it's gay representation in most shows, especially reality TV, it's a queer flamboyant man that is being represented. Or alternatively, a mask presenting woman who is being like rep representing the, the masses. And most of them just stick to the stereotypes of, of that people have of these uh, queer people, like, oh, they're into fashion, or oh, they're into this, they're not into sports, they're not into this. So ideally for me, when it comes to LGBTQ representation in the pop culture, I think it should go way past breaking barriers. If you're talking about LGBTIQ, let's let's see a mask uh, presenting man on a show representing the LGBTIQ community. I'm a fan of reality TV, Big Brother, um, uh, the American Island, the Challenge, and all this. And most representation is towards a specific type of queer people, and this sends a message on what queer people are. Even if we come back to Kenya, most um, representation that we have of queer people are flamboyant, effeminate uh, queers which ideally are more confident in the expression. But my problem is you find that, let me give an example. Since you've not been online, it's hard to discuss some of these things. There's a time X Yandela, the one who's vying for MP ship in Westland. Oh, I know that story, been, yeah. And, and I was very offended with some of the questions he was asking. The representation was awful. And he's coming now saying he wants to vie to represent the queer people. That's a conversation for another day. This time Amina Mohammed as well. Is it Amina Mohammed? But Amina... I mean, someone, some news journalist who hosts a show, The Overdressed mm -hmm. Cook, Anita Nderu, hosted so. some two queer, queer men on, on her show, and they were very vulgar, and they were very sexual, and they were very all this. Oh, I remember and that, yeah. My problem is when you talk about representation, representation sticks to stereotypes and spreads the wrong message. Yeah, that's true. It does kind of like have, I, I don't wrong message because like in every community there are kind of like people who are super flamboyant. Yeah. Our community like you know like uh, actually mm -hmm. flamboyant people are the least worrisome elements of the community that I form parts of but you know yeah. like if you, if you show people that all gay men are kind of like super flamboyant and are super out there and they dress like this and they talk like this and they're interested in home design and decor and stuff like that mm -hmm. then that's the vision mm -hmm. that they have but I think that over time, these things sort themselves out. And it's very important for us to also push back against that narrative. It's mm -hmm. very, very important for us to push against that narrative um, in, in the sense of like, no, 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 no. Like if you are saying that you want to represent the needs and interests of like the LGBTIQ community, you actually have to know that like LGBTIQ are actually like a group of people who sometimes do not even see eye to eye about certain priorities. Like the priorities of a trans person and the priorities of a cis gay man are totally different. Very um, true. And you see, and even now within, within like the trans community, there are kind of like also a lot of divergent opinions. So you should be ready to actually acknowledge that I'm willing to do this work so that I can, you know, like so that I can actually be the kind of representation I want. For straight people, when you're a politician and you're 
like you know talking to straight people you do not talk to them like a monolith you actually craft your message to actually fit into as many of their priorities as possible and that should be the same expectation with every marginalized group for example even disabled people yeah they have that as well i mean one uh, other thing that, yeah proceed procedure one other thing no like i was just thinking about like how in a, um, i was talking about i was talking to a straight person about this and they were like wow like gay men are super promiscuous and i was like i don't even think do you think that's true in in kenya i don't think it is unfortunately so it is however it comes back to representation as well you'll find that most queer people who are on this reality vision aerobic diaries even on instagram and all that more often than not sex is always part of their conversation so that's why i'm saying it spreads the wrong message like oh actually we thought they were promiscuous they actually are promiscuous the evidence is you know the proof is in the pudding it's all over but um coming back to representation i'm talking about representation even black women you talked about disabled differently abled people and also even how the american tv shows um portray black women they're aggressive they're loud they are you know no nonsense even look at reality because my my forte is reality tv even when you see them in this reality tv in a group of 12 contestants there's this one black loud opinionated aggressive drama queen who happens to be black and that's just sends the message of how representation sticks to stereotypes but that's a conversation for another yeah. day yeah, yeah that's now, true the, mm-hmm. the final conversation i want us to have is the economy of sex and as a queer man it's important for us to discuss how the economy of sex affects queer roles especially you know um lesbian roles and gay roles in terms of who does what and all that there's so much stereotyping like the rich one is the top or is the one who does the fucking the, the other one does the you know dwell on it you, you are the expert tell me about what you think about the economy of sex in the lgbtq community you know um i i did this paper a while back which was on like the history of like you know lgbtq people in kenya and like what explorers and you know people even in the 1800s 1700s were writing about like what they saw in 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 kenya when they came and they saw like you know these people who you would call lgbtq today and especially in the coastal communities like uh yes it is true that like the person who was wealthier was actually like usually the uh penetrative yeah so he would he, so i i always find that to be quite interesting but yeah there are kind of like i mean even in heterosexual relationships because like the top is considered like a more masculine role right like so because men are the ones who are the breadwinner so you find like we because lgbtq people like these relationships i mean people have been having same sex sex for a very long time but the recognition of relationships has never been as as clear cut as it is becoming today even in countries where like lgbtq issues are very criminalized like in Kenya so like what you're actually seeing at the end of the day is um like we are mirroring what we see heterosexual people do because like mm-hmm. our relational culture is still coming up so yeah. like 
and 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 I will say that even even in my relationship, sometimes I have to struggle very hard to actually like accept that like some of the things that I have adopted or some of the ideas I have about relationships are from what I saw from my parents, for example. So mm-hmm. we should also mm-hmm. like try to interrogate like how gender and all presentation, you know, like you know, just because someone is masked doesn't mean that they are top. And just because someone is femme doesn't mean that they are bottom. But then that's kind of like how we see it. Also, it's very uh, like to kind of like also like assign roles throughout the relationship based on who who is doing what that's in what? bed. Don't you find that like really interesting? Like, oh, like if you're the kind of like be a head a head of house figure or something. That's really weird and interesting to think about. But even like the economic the economy of sex i mean you know in our community also there's kind of like a lot of like when you think about hookup culture people are expecting mm-hmm. like to have their their ubers paid you know like always when someone uber it's almost very mm-hmm. transactional right because there's also Extreme. like an expectation yeah if you're paying for the uber for example if you're paying for the fare like you're also like you're adding a bit more to kind of like i guess you know like I don't know what that is supposed to kind of like communicate in the sexual engagement, but it's uh, it comes off as very transactional. And so again, when you go back, like there's this the, the Nairobi song, which is like about like you know taking someone's fare and then using it on other things. That's also mm-hmm. quite interesting to think about that as well, right? Like because there are people who are having multiple liaisons where you're like, well, I am sleeping with this person because I like them, I'm attracted to them, I enjoy having sex with them, I enjoy relating to them, I like going out on dates with them, and then on this other side, you have like, oh, I'm having sex with this person because he's very rich or he's richer than I am, or he's richer than the person that I'm with, or she's richer than the person that I'm with. Mm-hmm. And I want to get those material benefits from that relationship while I maintain this other more sexually and relationally fulfilling experience. So there's always so, that kind of like balance, yeah. I agree. And it, it, uh, I think when you talked about it, uh, I think it's important for queer people to define relationships for themselves and not stick to these stereotypical um, things that have been set aside that, you know, and it's, it's even bad because there's a stereotype that in a queer relationship, there's a man and a woman. It's not true. It's not true. That's what straight people think that in a queer relationship, there's a man and there's a woman. Some, some don't have a man and a woman. Some is a man and a man. And I think it's up to queer people to own their spaces and create their narratives. In, in your own relationship, you define your own roles. Who does what, regardless of sexual preferences. It's, if, if I like cooking, for example, I'll cook. If you're earning more, you'll have more financial responsibilities. It doesn't have to be dependent on what we do in bed. Now, that aside, still on the economy of sex, um, there's, um, you know, you talked about having relationships that are transactional and relationships that are intimate. And it's so often that we have this existing. You have like, especially in a heterosexual relationship, there's this woman with their boyfriend who's in campus, but they have a daddy on the side or a sponyo on the side who they give extra services for extra payment and extra stuff. What are your thoughts on all this? Even in the queer culture, I think it exists where you have your partner, but there's the sponyo, the daddy somewhere who probably is financing both of you or one of you. Yes, um, and I think that at the end of the day, like, um, I mean, people are always kind of like, like on that balance between, um, 
like kind of like maintaining what because like also the other thing that happens in our in our culture is that like sex we, we have this view that sex should not be transactional um mm-hmm. and there, there could be like a whole host of reasons because you could say that sex is actually a very transactional exercise within a marriage remember we were talking about bride price so if you're talking True. about bride price and then like at this other end like what you have is like you know this person is giving bride price and then getting a wife but what is a wife doing right and then on yeah. this other end like you have people who are kind of like doing some kind of like sex work i would say because like you're like you know if like i am engaging with you on this basis that if i stop having sex with you i mean if you stop giving me money i stop having sex with you if i stop having sex with you you stop giving me money so like <laughs> and i don't know how this came about i really i really cannot say like because in kenya it's like a very very big thing like it's a very very big thing i think maybe maybe it's just how the economy is structured um you know if you have if you live in a country like kenya where there's a lot of income inequality there are very, there are small group of people who have a lot of money and a very big group of people who have very little money and i guess like you are always kind of like interacting with each other in a very transactional way like what can you give me what can i give you that kind of like give and take is a kind of like i wouldn't really like you know when we talk about sex work we always say stuff like oh you know this someone who's on the street walking you know taking people to hotel rooms but sometimes like sex work also takes the form of like you know this sugar daddy or like you know like very soft transactional relationships yeah okay i i totally totally agree yes so we've talked about a lot of things kenny and um my question would what would be your parting shot in all this conversation what would you want someone listening to this podcast to take away from these two episodes that we've done uh, on the politics of sex well i will say that like uh, every uh, and i think this is part of why your podcast exists i think is to like show people that there is a way that you can have sex where like uh, you're not living less than you know yeah. so for the bit so like for me i always say that like uh you know pleasure is a core part of like the sexual experience um mm-hmm. and that is something that the queer community has, has actually worked very hard to see the rest to ensure that the rest of the society sees it that just because you're not having kids doesn't mean you should be having sex and then the mm-hmm. other thing is you know like uh you should be very careful and i think my advice for everyone is to kind of like sometimes sit down and see what are the values you have behind how you have sex who you have sex with what you think about sex who you would consider approaching to have sex with and kind of like try and interrogate where that comes from sometimes it can just be psychological um sometimes it can be you know like some things you saw when you were growing up maybe you saw some like some patterns within your parents or you saw something in school and so on and so forth so like always try to especially like when you feel like every time you're having sex it's from a point of you're extremely ashamed or you're not having a a very pleasurable experience when you have sex like you should actually like try and interrogate why that is and you will find that like there's a big bedrock of a lot of lessons to learn and that is why it's it's always like with this podcast what you see is that like you're talking you're running the gamut as we say that you're talking about 
enthusiastic consent. You're talking about threesome etiquette. You're talking about open relationships and so on and so forth. And it's important for people to see that the menu is not as limited as we've been taught, especially when we are growing up. Yeah. 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 So I totally get yeah. I like I like the, the, the last statement. The menu is not as, as, as limited as we thought it was. Well, yeah. for those thing, uh, my parting shot is this, and I'm gonna tackle more on the sexual entitlement. Um consent, 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 consent. The first just because you bought her a drink, just because you took her out, just because she came for a sleepover, da- just because she's wearing a dress doesn't mean she wants sex. And also as a woman listening to this podcast, I think it's important to see that you're more than your body, you're more than your boobs, you're more than your hair, you're more than your color. And let your abilities not be limited to the man. Don't sacrifice yourself for the man. Have sex when you want to. Get yourself a job. Start a business. Just be as independent so that you don't go into an, uh, into a relationship with someone because of the financial benefits that come with it. You are able to make your own money. You are able to, you know, to choose who you want to marry you. You don't want to just marry anyone because they are available and they've paid, paid their bride, your bride price. I think it's important for women listening to this podcast especially to own their sexual experiences. Can you be surprised at how many women are having sex with people they don't want to have sex with? Because they feel, or even how many people are marrying the people they do want to marry. Why? Yeah. Because you're available or they liked my dad, or my dad liked them, or they paid my bride price. Women should own their sex and their sexuality. Have sex with the right person at the right time when you want to. So, um, Kenny, if someone was listening to the podcast today and they were like, oh, this nigga is interesting, and you know, I want to get to know them, I want to like, you know, have a conversation with them, how would they access you? Um, so, oh my God, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, so you mm-hmm. can... So, um, should I put my email out there? Whatever your phone can... Okay, so my so my name is Kenny Mwicha, so that's K-E-N-N-E and then M-W-I-K-Y-A as one word, Kenny Mwicha. And um, that's my handle on Twitter, which um, I'm trying to get back on that site and be super active about it. And then... Um, like also i'm also active on instagram but i try to restrict that space a bit um yeah and then yeah so on those two forums usually like if you text me i'm I'm gonna try and text back as soon as i can and like I, i'm always like down to talk also like i'm a big big uh fan of mentoring queer people so if especially if you're in civil society or the legal sector and you'd like just some mentorship support or like someone to go through your CV, your cover letter, your applications and stuff, or even career advice, I do that as well. So please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Kenny. Um, expect some some feedback, or, and I'm expecting to have you to have a lot of conversations. You know, the time was very limited to what we'd, we wanted to talk about. I'm sure there's more that we need to talk about. So till next episode, thank you very much for coming to Sexploit Papushka. Thank you.